Welcome to the More Sure Word Podcast with Pastor Matt Russell, teaching and explaining the Word of God verse by verse for your spiritual growth. Here's Pastor Matt with today's sermon. All right, let's begin with a word of prayer together. Focus our hearts on the Lord. Father, thank you for your great word. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ as we sing tonight. You're coming again. And all that you did to make us children of God. It's my heart's desire that each one of these students would be a child of God. Lord, use your word to convict, to guide, to give light, to show the way of salvation, to encourage our hearts tonight. Bring us joy. Help us to cling to you, O Lord. Stay close to you. Stay ever close to you and remain in you to find all our source of life in you. Pray this in your name. Amen. Please open your Bible to 1 John chapter 2. We'll be looking at chapter 2, verse 28, through chapter 3, verse 3. Five verses tonight, and very encouraging ones at that. As you're opening in your Bibles there, I want to help you think through just the last, just the last 24 hours of your life thus far. We won't go two days back, three, a week. Sometimes we can't even remember what we ate for breakfast. But let's think through just the last 24 hours. What were you doing yesterday at this time? What were you thinking about? What was your actions like with your mom, your dad, your siblings? What were you saying to them? How were you treating them? Did you conclude the night with scripture, prayer? What were you thinking about when you went to bed? What did you dream about? What was the first thing on your mind when you woke up in the morning? Did you start the day with prayer or scripture again? What was the first thing you said to your parents, or your brothers and sisters? How did the day get underway? How did you act towards them in the morning? What about when you started school? Maybe with your friends or your siblings? How was that? What did you talk about throughout the day? What did you look at throughout the day? What did you think about throughout the day? How did you treat people? What was the car ride here even like? What was the conversation? What were the thoughts? How were you treating those in the car? What about even now? What have you talked about at youth group tonight? Even just in the last couple hours? What have you thought about? What have you looked forward to? Given just the last 24 hours, imagine Jesus appears right now before us in all his blazing glory. The sound of a trumpet with a shout from heaven in the twinkling of an eye, radiating in blinding glory, eyes like a flame of fire, Hair as white as snow, face radiating like the noonday sun, pure robes, feet like burnished bronze, with all authority in heaven and on earth to judge 
the intents of the heart of men and women? How would you feel if Christ returned at this very moment? Just given even the last 24 hours that you've lived before his watchful eye. Would you be joyful? Jesus, my Jesus. Would you be scared? Oh, no. Would you be uneasy? Confident? Or ashamed? The reality is, is that Christ is coming. And he's coming quickly. And we need to have an urgency about it. And John so decisively distinguished between Christians and antichrists and the, and the battle that is going on in the world. And how desperately Christians need to stay close to Christ, even now. Stay close to Him. Stay close to the Father. Stay close to the other children of God. Stay close to His Word. Stay close to the Spirit. Stay close to holiness and righteousness. We must abide in Christ. As Jesus said, we must abide like branches abide in the vine. What can a branch do apart from the vine? Can it receive water? Can it receive nourishment? Nutrients? Can it receive life? What does a branch do when it falls from the vine to the ground? It withers. It dies. We must stay close to Christ. This world we live in, you know all too well, you know as well as I do, is full of evil. It's full of antichrists. It's wrought with trials and tribulations. And it is often difficult to stay close to Christ, isn't it? It's not easy. Most times it's difficult. Where do we find the hope to stay close to Him in this world? What encourages our hearts to remain in Him until He appears before us one day? John... John wants to encourage us. John wants to give us hope. John wants to tell us why we should stay close to Christ. And he begins in verse 28. He says, read with me. Now, little children, abide in him. So that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be, we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. In this passage before us, John wants to desperately, urgently give us five encouragements So that we'll stay close to Christ. Five urgent encouragements so that you will remain in him to the end. Until he appears before us in all his glory and all his authority. And John gives the first encouragement 
The first encouragement to stay close to him has to do with that day when he appears. We want to stay close to Christ now so that on that day, you will have confident closeness. Confident closeness. Look at verse 28. Now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus promised that. He's coming quickly. He's coming unexpectedly. Mark chapter 12. He's coming and we need to be urgent and alert and awaiting it. All throughout the New Testament, the apostles write with expectancy. Like he could come at any moment. And that was 2,000 years ago. How much closer is he then? He could come at any moment, any time. Nothing has to happen for him to come for his own in the rapture. So those close to Christ will have confidence. But those separated from Christ will have shame. Will have shame. It's a dreadful thought. What is John talking about here? Have you ever had someone, as you approach them in the midst of a crowd that you know, you go up to them and you say, hey man, And then they pretend like they don't even know you in front of everyone. And it's just utterly embarrassing and shameful. Makes you feel like you're about this big. Let me take it a step further. Imagine, think, not even imagine, think about the way your parents care for you. The way they treat you. The way they love you. The way they provide for you. The way that they give you a roof over your head. They work so hard for you. They protect you. They want the best for you. And then imagine that all you do in return is disrespect them. Speak rudely to them. Gossip about them behind their back to your friends. Disobey their loving and protective rules for you. And all you do is complain. Despite their love. And then your parents leave for a quick trip. And so you say... All my friends are coming over, and we're going to do all the things that they never let me do. It's going to be great. But then the neighbors call the police, and the police show up, and they're going to arrest you, and it's going to ruin your life. You think to yourself, my dreams, my aspirations, my hopes, they're dashed. This is going to stick with me for the rest of my life. How am I going to get a job? How am I going to get into a good school? What am I going to do? And then the door opens. And there are your parents. You think, thank the Lord. And you yell, Mom, Dad, I'm so glad to see you. I love you. Tell these officers. Tell them. Tell them I'm your child. Tell them it's okay. Tell them that, you you know, they don't have to take me away. They don't have to arrest me. And then you hear their words. I don't know that person, officer. Take these liars out of my house. Get them off my property. Do what you will with them. What? Mom? Dad? What are you doing? What? I'm your son. Help me. Jesus says that on that day, many will call out to him, Lord, Lord. And he will say, I don't know you. You workers of lawlessness. 
The reality is, is that there will be many who say with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, and with their life, it's as if they were just one of the world. They practice lawlessness. They live as though Christ didn't save them from sin. And in that day, before the multitudes of people before Christ saying, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we're so happy to see you. The Lord Jesus himself will say to you, who are you? I don't know this person. And they will shrink away in shame. They weren't close to him. They didn't actually know him. They didn't abide in him. John says, here's the encouragement. And in a sense, it's a scary one, but it's a powerful one. Stay close to Christ so that in that day you will approach him with joy and confidence. My Lord, my Lord, you're here for me. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me close to you. Now I can enter into your kingdom. And he will say, enter, good and faithful servant. Enjoy your rest. It's a great encouragement. It's a sobering encouragement. And it begs the question, who are those who stay close to Christ? And that is John's second encouragement. His second encouragement is righteous relation to Christ. Righteous relation. He wants us to be encouraged that we are, can be assured that we are righteously related to him. Look at verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. Is born of him. He says, stay close to Christ and know you are born of God. You are related to him. You've received your life from him. It is true life, spiritual life running through you. How do I know? Because you look like him. The child resembles the father. You know Jesus is righteous. And everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. It's plain and simple. Those born of God live like Christ. Because it's Christ's life that is flowing through you. Paul said in Galatians, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The path of salvation is one of denying yourself. Death to this life. Death to me and all that I once held dear. It's all loss. It's all Garbage. It says, Paul said in Philippians 2, it is camel dung. All I cherish is Christ. He is my life. And so Christ is righteous and Christians are righteous. And it's a great encouragement. Stay close to him and you will look righteous like him. His life will be flowing through you as the vine nourishes the branch. The branch will produce fruit. The fruit of righteousness. And you will resemble your Father in heaven. Stay close to Him and be assured that you were born of Him. So we are to stay close to Christ so we can have confidence. We're to stay close to Christ so that we can have assurance that we're born of God. We're righteously related to Him. And that leads right into the third encouragement. Those who are born of God are His children. Look at verse 1 and see the third encouragement adoring adoption look at verse 1 see how great a love the father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of god and such we are 
For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. John can't even help himself because of how great this love is. He, he has to say, he has to give a command, see how great. It's like, pause and think about this for a second. Think about the great love of God. What is that great love? Look at the next phrase. That we would be called children of God. Why is that so great? Is it because, are we children of God? Because God looked down from heaven and said, who is the most lovable? He looked, in the, he looked through the orphanage of the world and said, I'm going to choose the best and the brightest. I want this kind of child. Nope. We were all enemies of God. Haters of God. None seeked for God. Romans 3. We were all living our lives as though God didn't exist. In our minds, we were portraying a false reality to ourselves that God wasn't on the throne. I am. And I determine how I live. We lived a life unthankful for the life that God had given us as our creator. We did not honor him as God in a creator-creature relationship. And God's love adopted enemies to make them children. God took his worst enemies and punished his actual son to make his enemies be treated like sons. We get to be treated like the son himself because we're united to him by faith. We get to receive all the blessings as the right as Christ, the rightful heir to God, as though we live the life of Christ. And not only were we not his sons, we were enemies. And, God, and John gives us a pretty stark reality about this fact. And basically it's, if you're a children of God, if you're a child of God, the world should not know you. Look again at verse 1. For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him. Who? Christ. The world crucified Christ. The world hated Christ. So is it, should it hate you? One who's united to Christ by faith? Should it persecute you? God knows his children. The world knows its children. There's only two types of children in this world. And we're not all children of God. We're all creation of God. But to be a child of God, you have to come to him by faith in Christ, the, the son of God. So you can either be a child of the world or a child of God. You can either be a son of Christ or a son of, your other, of the other father, Adam, the one who rebelled against God. You're either a child of Adam or a child of Christ by faith. And so the question is, who do you more easily identify with, Christ or the world? Where are you more comfortable, with the people of God or the people of the world? Where is your heart, in heaven with Christ or in the world, amongst worldly things? Either God knows you or the world knows you. Either God's love has been bestowed upon you or the world loves you. And it's easy for you to love the world. 
when we stop to consider the rich love of God to make us children in Christ, our only natural response is what? To stay close to Christ. To stay close to Him, to abide in Him. Oh Lord, my God, you, Your work on the cross has a, paved a way for me not only to be saved from my sin, but to be treated as though I were a child of the Most High. That I get to sit on the throne with Christ one day in heaven? Why? Amazing. So we stay close to Christ to have confident closeness to him as return. We stay close to Christ to have assurance of our righteous relationship to him that we've been born of him. And we stay close to him because we think about our adoring adoption and that only results in staying close. And we also stay close because later we will be made like him. Look at verse 2. Later likeness. We will have later likeness. Verse 2, beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. You may be thinking like me. I know I'm a child of God. I know that I am united to Christ by faith, but I don't look like Christ all the time. What about this remaining flesh? What about this remaining avenue for temptation? I still fall into saying things I shouldn't and thinking things I shouldn't and doing things I shouldn't. And this body, it, it's wearing out and it's going to die someday. And I don't always look like Christ. I don't always act and think like him. John says, yes, you are a child of God. It hasn't appeared of yet what we will be, but here's the hope. One day we will be like him. When he appears, we will become like Jesus Christ. Can you fathom that? Pause for a second and think about the fact that you will be like Christ. You might ask, will we be gods like Christ? No, there's only one true God. But we will be given a glorified body, like his glorified body. This mortal will put on immortal. And we will have perfect righteousness, holiness, perfect capacity to worship and praise without hindrance, without distraction, without sinfulness. We'll have perfect joy and peace. We will be able to focus purely on Christ without any roadblock without any sinfulness, no longer able to sin, no longer tempted. Oh, what a great weight that will be off of our shoulders. This battle with sin is grueling. I can't wait for the day when I no longer struggle with sin. You ever heard the saying, imitation is the highest form of flattery? And you may think about the time when you were little and if you have younger brothers or sisters, they were always trying to be like you and talk like you and act like you and dress like you. And it was kind of annoying at times as a little, you know, when you're younger, you're just like annoyed by it. They're always following you around and right on your heels about everything. And, but why though? That's such an honor that they would view you so highly that they would want to be like you. And in heaven for all eternity, we will be made, we will be imitations of the one who actually deserves such imitation. 
we will be a multitude of those reflecting his very glory. So that his glory is multiplied upon multiplied upon multiplied and he's receiving the honor and praise and glory he deserves. Notice how this happens. John says, because we will see him just as he is. What? Simply seeing Christ will transform us into his very likeness. That is the power of Christ in his glory. That simply seeing him, seeing him as he is, seeing him with our own eyes face to face, will transform us into his very likeness. Wow. In an instant, I see him with my eyes and I'll be made like him. Incredible. It's hard for my mind to even fathom. Are you allowing Christ's glory to transform you even now? Where do we see the glory of Christ even now? Though it's in a mirror, not face to face. Where do we see his glory as in a mirror? As though we're looking at his reflection in the pages of Scripture. In his word. His perfect word. Shining forth his glory. We look upon him in the word of God and it transforms us in, in bits by bit. In a small sense in it, which it will when we actually see him with our eyes face to face. That's the power of Christ. And so, you might be thinking... I'll be made like him one day, but I want to be like him right now. What about now? How can I become like him now and enjoy a taste of heavenly glory now? A taste of that purity and righteousness now? That's John's fifth encouragement to us. And it's the present purity. The present purity. We stay close to Christ because... When he comes, we'll have confident closeness. We stay close to Christ of assurance of our righteous relation to him. We stay close to Christ because of our adoring adoption. We stay close to Christ because one day we'll be made in his likeness. And we stay close to Christ because it provides present purity. Look at verse 3. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies, present tense, himself just as he is pure. Those who hope in Christ want to be pure like him. When Christ is your hope, when Christ is your hope, your salvation, your rock, when Christ and his return is the greatest thing that you look forward to, then you want to be like him even now. You want a taste of that now. You want to be close to him now. And John says that even now, even now, that hope purifies the Christian. In heaven, we will be like him, but the Christian can even be like him now, growing in his likeness now. We fix our eyes on Christ. We fix our eyes on his great and urgent return. We pursue greater and greater purity by seeing his glory even now in the pages of Scripture. This urgency, this imminence of his return, that it could come at any day, it drives the Christian to purity. I don't want to be ashamed. I want to be confident. I want to know that I'm related to him, that I've been born of him. 
I want to have that assurance. I want to remember this great adoption. I want to just meditate upon the great love of God. I want the hope of being made like Him one day. And I want to be pure like Him now. I want to stay close to Christ, the vine, through whom all blessings flow. How do we stay close to Him? How do we abide in Him? How do we remain in Him even now? How do I stay close to Christ? These encouragements have compelled my heart. These hopes have made me want to stay close to Him. How do I do that? We close with this. You stay close to Christ through Scripture. We said that. The greatest glory to be seen in this life right now is through the pages of Scripture. We see Christ most clearly in Scripture now. We stay close to Christ through prayer, coming before Him, getting on our knees before Him, witnessing the glory of God through prayer, through humbling ourselves, through asking Him for what we need and seeing Him answer in His time and beholding that great glory. We stay close to Christ through fellowship. Iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27 17, we stay, close, we, 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 we stay close to Christ through one another. As we come together, each of us pointing the other to Christ. How many people have you reached out even tonight, to tonight, to encourage, to point to the Word of God, to point to Christ? How many people do you know so well that you know what's going on in your li- their life? You pray for them on a daily basis. You bring them before the Lord, God Almighty, in prayer and lift them up. You go to them throughout the week and encourage them and point them to the Scriptures, teaching them what you've learned to make them more like Christ because you want to see them in Christ-likeness. We stay close to Christ through creation. What do I mean by that? The glory of God radiates through His creation When we spend time outside enjoying this earth, it should point us to the Creator. It should be another means for us to glory in Christ. The one through whom nothing has been made that has been made. He has made all things. And we stay close to Christ through obedience. It's amazing that the Lord produces obedience in us and as we obey, it actually increases our love for Him and we want to stay closer to Him the more we obey Him. So when we walk and take steps of obedience, it actually makes us want to obey more. Like a snowball. And so we stay close to Him by taking steps of obedience. Stay close to Christ, brothers and sisters. Stay close to Him. Be encouraged. Have confidence when He appears. Be assured of your righteous relationship to Him. Look forward to being made in His likeness. Dwell upon your adoption and purify yourself even now. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your great encouraging Word to us. You know my heart, Lord. You know I love You. And You know I love these children, these students, these children of God, I mean, these young men and women. Father, would You please keep them close to You. Lord, you've put me in the task of shepherd and I want to care for your sheep. But Father, only you are the good shepherd. I have to entrust them to your loving care. I'll proclaim your word 
But Father, you do your work. Keep them close to you. I can't change hearts. I can't change minds. Only you can. Keep them close to you, O Lord. Keep them until the end. Please not let them be ashamed. We love you. We pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to the More Sure Word podcast, the preaching ministry of Pastor Matt Russell. We hope you join us again next week. I'm Riley Whittington, and may God bless you in the true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ.